It's the Early Access Podcast number 36. It is June 23rd, 2020. Full disclaimer, this episode is going to get worse and worse and worse as it goes on. Uh, there have been many, many allegations, uh, and terrible things actually in general happening in the gaming industry that we're going to go over. Uh, trigger warnings for sexual assault, rape, uh, and all kinds of bad and terrible things. I, I have to address this because it's just been all over Twitter. It has been people who have been closely associated with me. But we're going to start with the we're going to start with the bad news, and then we're going to start with the absolutely abhorrent news. The <laughs> yeah, we uh we moved to a biweekly schedule because there was no gaming news, and the news that was there was just kind yes. of sad and depressing news. So good news, we have a lot of gaming news this it's time. Bad ter- news, it's like, even the worse. The least bad thing we have written on the show notes this week is that someone wrote on one of my friend's friend's friends, maybe, I think that many degrees of separation, cars near my house. Uh, They had a little uh, sign on their car that said Black Lives Matter. And they wrote on the driver's side, going across the passenger door and like on where the gas is, fuck you bigger. Hard R, solid N. Uh, Hard R. Not really much to say about that, um, other than it was shocking um, the person comments that uh, this happened nearby. This is something I'd expect from a deep south state, but for it to happen close to home makes it more shocking. Not only was this close to home for them, this is close to home as in like near me. Someone near me did this. And unfortunately, writing racist slurs on vehicles is seemingly the least bad news, although it's abhorrent, to come out this week. Um it, it is a reminder that even uh, us here yeah. in the Bay Area, even if it's a suburb, can still face all this stuff, which is yeah, why the why, protests go yeah, on. Racists can be harbored. While there might be more, uh, you would think, stereotypically in the South, you know, we had the news this week of uh, NASCAR, a NASCAR racer speaking out against the Confederate flag at races, and then a bunch of people like yeah. riding around the Confederate flag in protest. While you think like, oh, that's where the racists are, they are also literally in your neighborhood, it seems. I mean, back in the civil rights movement, when Martin Luther King went to the North, he was like kind of shocked. He was like, this is just as bad yeah. as the South. It's, it's just it's kind of not as visible. Now. Um, but so. we focus a lot on, uh, on you know, that kind of stuff and streamers dropping the N-bomb. I wish this was another streamers dropping the N-bomb week Bec- because that would be much yeah. lighter. Yeah, that seems painful. Uh, because the other terrible thing that happened this week is T-Laup 2 released. I didn't play it. Um, a lot of criticisms coming out about the game's repetition. The fact that it's... Yeah, I also did not play, play it, it, but I'm still going to shit on it. I have no real... Take our opinions completely lightly, although Nikki has played the I first played one the for first like a thousand one. Hours. I drove the first one on the ground. Absolutely fuck the you last lived part it. two. A lot of people, uh, a lot of mixed reviews coming out. Anyone who says it's good, probably a maniac. Um, but the you know, people are criticizing the whole narrative interlaced with story and bad gameplay thing, um, where Naughty Dog really seems to blur the line between movies and video games. Is my taste less so as I get older? Admittedly, I did start the Stella Shampoo stream, twitch.tv slash Stella Shampoo, where the early access podcast is live at 8 p.m. PST. I did start the Stell Shampoo stream on The Last of Us and Assassin's Creed, which we'll actually get to Assassin's Creed talk in a moment. But uh, yeah, mixed mixed reviews about the game. Screw that game. Uh, people have been asking me to play it. 
and I'm just completely uninterested. There, there is also like criticism about obviously the fact that this game was kind of made on exploited labor with all of the news that yeah. came out about Naughty Dog and kind of, kind of a lot of just kind of. I guess there's just a lot of a public disdain towards the company right now over everything about. But uh, it. I there's there's a lot to be said worse. about the game as a as like a narrative driven game and if you know for the people who enjoy it, are we are we enjoying? Are we more enjoying the the story, you know, the narrative, the the structure of what is like semi a movie versus the actual like game? Like you play on the literal end of the spectrum is Warzone. Warzone is no story. There is a little story associated with Warzone, but like it just makes no sense at all. Uh, like Russian and UK soldiers are all fighting each other, but also themselves. And it's just the story doesn't make any sense. So... Uh, it's just it's just a different genre of game. There there is an there there is an article speaking about going back to the Last of Us for a second. There is an article that I have referenced on on a stream before, though not the podcast, which is called "I Don't Think I Like Prestige Games" by Doc Burford, and it is kind of just big outline of like how studios kind of like Naughty Dog kind of blur movies and games and make them something that doesn't really feel like it's very different from either of them and ends up making something that's actually kind of it, it explains it a lot better this is like a 28 it. minute read on medium but it's an, it's an interesting read yeah i kind of read part of it to you too that it's it's this uh just kind of like an, analyzing on like how it kind of tries to elevate itself to being like more intelligent than it actually is and that makes a certain amount kind of like of prestige hence the title prestige game come to it even if it's not doing anything necessarily like yeah, actually, I, I like this. Similar to what an interesting read. Similar to that an, read. An interesting I like read what, if you're but, bored. I like what Konjak said. I don't agree all of it. This out, um, pretty much phrasing it better than I could. It will sound harsh, but it's definitely rooted in my taste. But if people are calling a game like The Last of Us Part Two the best the medium has offered them, what do they start playing games for? Long movie-like narratives. Are some people still rooted in this idea of validation, even though gaming is the most profit uh, profiting entertainment right now? Just. You know, because yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the crux of the article. Maybe summarize in a better point, but the other one really kind of goes into it longer. It's all right. And other terrible news: uh, Mixer has shut down this week. You've probably heard by now. Employees and my contacts at Mixer didn't even know Mixer was shutting down until the tweet came out. Came out middle of Monday. I was working, and then everyone in my work group chat. Just, oh my God, Mixer is shutting down. We had actually, I work at Live, for those of you who don't know, the Mixed Reality Company. Um, we recently released a streamer kit integration with Mixer. Mixer is going down and nobody knew. In fact, people were working on projects that were going to extend past this week at Mixer before it had gone down. Mixer partners didn't know. It seems like the only people who knew were Ninja and Shroud who cashed out at 30 million and 10 million approximately, respectively. And they are both now free agents, which is ins an insane amount of money for a gaming content creator to make. Um, but one thing we were talking about a lot in my work group chat is that this was just a waste. These acquisitions were a waste of money. It was truly a race to the bottom to acquire these streamers, then do nothing with them. They are at most offered a free subscription to Ninja and Shroud when they joined the platform. And no other platform integrations were really done with them. No, this might have pissed people off, but Fortnite exclusive mixer drops or 
Fortnite uh, play with Ninja Knights only on Mixer. It, it didn't seem like they really got that that platform integration with the creator. They just bought them, brought them there, and hoped the audience would carry over, which in Ninja's case, I don't really think it did all that much. Um, but yeah, Mixer has gone gone down, and I think the main... Really killer. It's actually... like I, think, I don't think anyone really expected Mixer to last forever. It was always mm -hmm. the bottom... You know, streaming platform besides like the very, very tiny ones, at least as far as the big names, it was always on the bottom. But the manner in which it died yeah. by complete surprise, the fact that like Tara, who we both know, uh, she found out like a few minutes before the blog post came out. Other people at Microsoft, like on Xbox, who aren't necessarily at Mixer, found out from the blog post. Which that is absolutely insane. I've had projects canceled at my work, which is much more insignificant and much less public than Mixer, that we all went into like a big conference room and like talked about how this thing was getting canceled and it's good we're gonna like slowly like deconstruct it over time. And so to have Microsoft as a giant company just destroy this thing when like I think it was like two weeks ago they were there were some staff members asking what can we do to improve Mixer services? Tara had Microsoft had her put together like this accessibility yeah. like panel of people to help and they basically scheduled one meeting and that was it so the sheer surprise of this all has has been really shitty on microsoft's part and a real shame for all the people who are like making yeah, content partners on it are on it. all um going to have their contracts as closely honored as possible to facebook gaming the viewers don't translate over the viewers don't get a free facebook gaming account although they probably already have a facebook yeah. account um yeah so sure, they get their contracts, but they get their and contracts from zero views. I feel bad mostly views. for the people who stuck with Mixer. You know, the guys who've been streaming on the platform for years built up an audience there, rug ripped out from under them. Uh, I know a number is, of them. It yeah. is sad to see their work effectively reset. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I, I really preach diversifying your content. Have a YouTube channel. Have a Mixer. Don't, don't have a Mixer account anymore. Have a Twitch. Ha have a TikTok yeah. <laughs> Post clips on Twitter. It's important to diversify and and be able to reach multiple platforms because one of these platforms go down. I mean, we always talk about YouTube demonetization and the whole thing with YouTube kids and just any of these platforms at any time can tear the rug out from under you. And this is an unfortunate but prime example and won't be the last time in the industry that people are just cut off from their livelihood, whether it be like Patreon money or their platform of choice to create content. You know, Vine went down. TikTok at some point, although it's on top right now, will it be on top yeah. forever? I don't know. Um, so it's important right now as a lesson for creators to diversify their content. I could say that at the same time as I can say that I feel bad for the partners and I feel bad for the developers and my contacts and my friends who worked there. Um, some of them are being moved to different departments. I think some of them yeah. are being let go. Yeah. A number of them I are being I don't think moved. all of them are. Yeah, I know that for sure. Yeah, I think all the core staff, at least, I think are, are going to be moved. So they're not losing their jobs, but still also, are they yeah. going to like their job? I said, uh, like our project that I joined my work for was destroyed. And the thing I've been working for since then has not never been as good. It's always been a pain in the ass and part right. of why I complain a lot. So will they even enjoy we what have, they do um, afterwards? tackled a little bit of we just quickly ran through the, sh the shit news now we're going to run through the majority of the show again trigger warnings for terrible stuff happening to uh women and a couple men um yeah sexual assault rape uh, all the coercion grooming all stuff. yeah 
a- anything similar, if that's if that's rough for you to hear. Yeah, uh, just do it now. It's not, not going to hurt my feelings. It's not, this is going to be to the end. It's going to be to the end. We'll uh, see you in two Tuesdays, weeks. 8 p.m. PST. Anyway, so the Twitch blackout. I'm going to talk a little bit about that um, and, and what has caused it. Uh, so the Twitch blackout is taking place on Wednesday, the 24th. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or iTunes, it probably is taking place or has already passed. The Twitch blackout is to raise awareness for loud cars going past my window. Jesus Christ. The Twitch, it's to raise awareness <laughs> for people um, and people, you know, the... God, that car really screwed up my train of thought. I'm so good at speaking. I hate living near a street. It's to raise awareness for sexual assault, the predatory behavior exhibited by a lot of members of the gaming community overall, but I think specifically on Twitch, because it's particularly fostered at Twitch. We spoke a couple episodes ago on the podcast about my concern uh, at a Twitch party where they were just leaving beers out for people to grab. They pre-poured beers, put it on the table, you can grab whatever beer you want. Um and things Emmett Shear has, I haven't gotten the tapes of him saying, but he has supposedly rep- uh, been reported, uh, or he hasn't been reported, but people have reported to him terrible things happening on the platform and they haven't been dealt with. Twitch is very reactionary. In 2018, they changed their TOS. They said, hold us accountable. Um, these are our new clear TOS guidelines. Meanwhile, you know, they're keeping streamers on the platform who are abusing animals, giving animals vodka, uh, all kinds of terrible things, flashing private parts. Which seems now doesn't even seem what that we're about to talk about. So the Twitch blackout is happening so now. Seems so mild, yeah. Um, to, to bring awareness to basically sexual assault and poor treatment of women on the platform, etc. Um, and the blackout is Wednesday. People are not going to stream on Wednesday. That, that's, that's what it is. Now, I support the blackout. I'm not going to stream on Wednesday. But that being said, that's because I just don't like streaming on Twitch. And because streaming is not a main part of my income. And it doesn't matter if I take a day off. Um, but I'm going to continue to support the blackout beyond just Wednesday. Now I'm obviously have to come back on Twitch to stream the podcast and do other things, but the, you, we need to continue to support this blackout to raise awareness for these topics because a blackout for one day just silences your voice for a day, right? It's, it's one less day where I'm going to be on Twitch Addressing these problems, having people ask me about them because people have come into my chat and asked me about it. We're going to get into the specific cases in a moment because it's going to get a little heavier. But um, it's it's a bad idea to, similar to how they did the black square thing on Instagram and Twitter, where everyone posted a black square in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. You know, it can be argued whether or not that's a good gesture in the first place, but that little gesture needs to be backed up. It is not. Kind of action behind it. Of course, the Black Lives Matter one specifically posting a black square and um, diluting the hashtag. That was bad. Um, the Twitch blackout is not diluting a different hashtag. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the black square was not good for searching and information for the Black Lives Matter hashtag on Twitter. Because it's just a bunch of black squares and no information. That was not good. Uh, Twitch blackout a little bit different, I think. And so... I, th- I think a good opportunity it would be like if for creators that are on multiple platforms, which is like most of them, almost everyone's got like at least a Twitter or something. Use the day off to like say something, speak about what you want to do, and like if if you want your place to be affirming, maybe it's like or should reassure that to an audience, and then ask them maybe how can we make it even more so, and things like that. Like don't don't just yeah. do nothing for a day. 
if you actually and, care. Again, streaming for one day is not anything off the skin of my bones. Whether or not other people do it, it's all on them. But I, I realize that some people might yeah. not be able to afford not streaming for a day or they might have had other things planned. It, it wasn't a very well-planned movement because we didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this. People didn't have time to inform their communities. People might think, oh, they're off for the day. Whatever. They might not know, oh, they're off for the day because X is happening. So it's important to sustain the pressure on Twitch to fix the issue at large. Um, and so the issue, which we'll tackle right now, um, I think the catalyst of all this was someone coming out and the hashtag say no to rage aka lono he was accused of i don't want to i don't want to say rape if he wasn't accused of rape i actually don't even know the guy um but he was accused of something horrific and this brought out stories that i'm a little more familiar with because the stories are related to people i am acquaintances friends um or, you know, at the at the very least I know of, have been to dinner to, been in the same room of. Um, this is, this is going to be a hard topic for me to talk about. Um, and I realize that there are many people out there who are affected by the massive amounts of accusations. Um, the sexual assault, the rape accusations have gone out against content creators, against industry people, game developers. Um, I, there's so many stories out there. And I realize that the victims are having a harder time than me. Um, but I in particular, because I can only speak from my perspective, because I'm Nikki from Stell Shampoo, uh, I can only speak from my feelings. It's difficult for me to hear. And I, again, I realize that other people are having a more difficult time. It's difficult for me to hear that friends, people I were, were close to or associated with have been accused and some admitted to flat out rape. Um, it is even more difficult for me to hear that people I was friends with have been victims of it. I have seen all sides. I have I have a friend who was falsely accused and people came to back him up. I have, uh, not of rape necessarily. I've had friends who are victims, mostly female, a couple males I know. Um, I have my own story actually. And I, I, I have... Just, I've seen it from every angle. And it's difficult because it's so many people this time. I'm going to start off with a disclaimer. I told this to Kiel earlier. I'm going to say it right here. Straight up. There will not be a twit longer or story of Nikki from Stell Shampoo, the heterosexual cis man, which I know you kind of have to be careful of us nowadays, having raped or sexually assaulted or groped or trapped or drugged, or any of that stuff. You will absolutely not see a story on that. Not because I, t I paid someone to shut up, I don't have that kind of money, but because I didn't do it. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I was raised well. You know, I don't have problems with my family. It, it is easy for me to not have done it, not to excuse the bad people who have done it. There's no excuse for that kind of behavior. Um, but there are, Many times, Kuehler has been out with me to, I think, three out of four TwitchCons. And not once did I even, you know, bring a woman back or anything. Um, there are women in my circles, who actually, some of them working at Mixer, uh, who can corroborate that I'm I'm not a terrible, well, yeah, I guess formerly. formerly. Who can corroborate that I'm not a terrible person. And I don't need, I'm not defending myself because I think an accusation, I'm not pre-defending myself. 
And that's something that people who are manipulative do. You know, they'll get their friend circles to say, hey, don't listen to this person because they raped them. They're crazy. You know, I'm not pre-defending myself. I think the concerns against people in the industry are valid, especially the concerns against being around men in the industry are valid. For example, if, if you were to meet me, you're a young woman in the industry and you know, I have a bunch of connections to the VR industry. I know plenty of content creators. Um, I went to school for production. I can help you out in a ton of ways. I'm a useful resource. That's actually my job is to be a useful resource for content creators. I realize that as a man in that position, I, I think you should be weary of me, not me specifically, but just men like me, heterosexual young men in the gaming industry. You should be weary of me, not because I personally am going to do anything bad, but because you don't know who to trust nowadays. I've, I had a couple people when the stories came out who I thought I could trust. If Kuehl asked me, right, if Kuehl asked me one week ago, Nikki put down $1,000. Do you think this man is a rapist? I'd be like, yeah, fucking easy. $1,000 on the table, cash. That man is not a rapist. I would have lost that bet a couple times. So it's unfortunate. We need to watch out for each other. And, and the gaming industry needs a little bit of, not a little bit, a lot of reform. So. It, it needs a lot. <laughs> like there's so many men that have done this there's there's men that are victims of this and it completely like there was already a huge lack of trust of practically anybody who was there like you know women talk about having to wear like baggy clothes so they're not uh preyed upon and i guess now it's like we have a bunch of names yeah. and faces and people you've known and people you've seen and and it gives it a more tangible reality of what we're dealing with and the thing that many have been saying for a long time which is that this industry you, is really if you up. didn't know this industry was fucked up you were ignorant maybe not willfully ignorant but you're ignorant you're, maybe you were new to the industry right i knew that this industry was fucked up but there weren't names of people i knew killer said it well earlier i don't know bill cosby harvey weinstein jeffrey epstein or anyone associated with him i don't know those people like it seems bad yeah, like that's bad what they all did but I don't know them. When you come up to me and say, hey, Nikki, your friend is a rapist. Here are the receipts. That makes it so much more real. So I, I, I am... I've had... Even I, who am not in this industry, have had... You know, have been in like the same dinner table as some of these people. So even for me, not even in the industry, but just tangentially associated with it, I'm already seeing people that I've known yeah. much closer than against uh, someone. I, I hope I didn't leave any holes there in my, my preface there. Uh, Keeler can back me up. Yeah. We Keeler can, can back me up. Later, uh, <laughs> I am not. We'll probably do a conclusion. I, I do not condone yeah. this behavior. I will be cutting ties with anyone who has, I think that's important. I should emphasize that. That's a hole I left. I will be cutting ties with anyone yes, who has that's also a believably thing. proven to have exhibited, exhibited any of this kind of behavior. And Keeler knows me well. I, I have not done any uh anything terrible to a person no i i mean i'm not with you 24 7 so like if something happens though yeah. i will be cutting off contact with right, you sure. but i i do trust you as as it currently stands as not just the viewer like yeah. we yeah. see each other Absolutely. pretty regularly and i think that's fair and real um anyway so to to name names a little bit um 
a streamer who was very closely not not very closely associated but associated with me for sure um Kuehler has met him Actabunny Fufu or Geo as I, I call him um was accused and admitted to quite frankly raping a woman and this was the biggest shock to me because as I'm reading through um this woman's story and I completely believe her it started off you know well, first of all, first of all besides, besides belief, he has 100% admitted to this, too. So, yeah, just to preface this, it's it just started confirmed. off, I was this reading no it, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, maybe he's a little creepy. Maybe he threw out an inappropriate joke, you know? And I got to emphasize, things are on a scale, right? People who cheat on their girlfriend, which there have been allegations of. Um, Dr. Disrespect, for example, cheated on his wife, right? That's bad. That's a scummy thing to do. That's an asshole move if it's, you know, I mean, people can be in polygamous relationships i'm not counting that cheating on your girlfriend is bad however i think it's on a scale right that's on a different level than having literally raped someone and he quite literally put on a condom and stuck his dick on in this girl when he was on top of her without her consent taking her virginity and you know the story started off with they were friends um, you know, it's not, it's not like you would think it is, is, oh, he cornered her in a back alley, had no idea who she was, took advantage of her. Like it's not that kind of story. Yeah. That was always a bit of a myth too. The idea of like, it's kind of, it was kind of a loss of agency. Cause then obviously the answer is just don't go to back alleys. But the answer is most rate happens with people that, you know, or have some level of connection to. And be- that's a harder thing to just say, just don't wear this or just don't go here. Like that's a harder thing to avoid. It's, it's a. You can't avoid the behavioral and aspect. So I realized the that the victim in the situation is their pain is nothing compared to the pain I feel of, dude, I thought I knew you. How could you have done that? He, uh, just a full disclosure, a little bit of my relationship with him. Um, I started streaming seven years ago in 2013, which is actually around the time that this had happened. Um, he had sent me a raid. And to this day, there are viewers from his community that still watch me and he he had offered me advice i saw him at many conventions um we had been to evolve events together we we had played monsters early hunters early um i i collaborated with him a little bit on those fronts gone to dinner with him and he has been a a connection to a lot of great people i've met one of my favorite people in the industry ghetto thunder js um that guy has He's a completely stand-up person. If you ask me to bet $1,000 as to whether or not he inappropriately groped someone, $1,000 on that one too. But again, I could be losing 1000 bucks there. Um, he's a fantastic guy. Well, I will also say, as far as I he's know, he is a beautiful human he, being. He literally has a day... In personality. I, and that man has a day dedicated to him in the city he lives in, I believe, because he has raised six digits for the animals, keeping animal shelters open. Um, I have met many big content creators through Geo. Um, you know, he, I recently vouched for him. Um, he was like, Hey Nikki, I need a VR headset. And I'm like, no questions asked, bro. I will pull strings for you. Um, we were recently in a call. He was like, yo, you want to hang out, bro? Like just a bunch of streamers want to get together, have some drinks, chat, have fun. We're in a call together. Um, he was not a best friend. You know, I don't even see him as much as I see Kuehler. He doesn't live nearby. But he's someone I truly thought 
um, was a good person. Legitimately was a good person, period. You know? And reading through this story, I'm in a little bit of denial. You know, maybe he said something creepy. Maybe he said a joke that didn't land. But I read the whole twit longer. And when I got to the part where, where she said, yeah, he literally stuck his dick in me without my consent. Um, that, I was like, there's no two ways around that. She spelled it out right there and he admitted it to it on his Twitter. There's, there's no other path to take here. Can't ever work with you again, bro. Um, and so he is off the internet, gone. Just deleted all his tweets, unfollowed everyone. He's out. Um, I wish the best for his, his daughter. Um, and his, and his friends who were closer to him and, and to the victim. Uh, and you know, while I recognize her pain, uh, she, she of course was most affected by this. It's just so weird. You like, you think you can trust a guy. And that's why I, I dropped that disclaimer early in the episode. Keeler, you, Keeler thinks that she can trust me, right? And you should, you should trust me. I'm not a bad person, but also that story right there shows me that, holy shit, I thought I could trust him. So why would you trust me? And, and, and now until I, you know, truly earn the trust of everyone I interact with individually, I think that the skepticism around meeting, especially men in the gaming industry, is warranted, to be quite frank. Um, I, so moving on from that, I've had a couple women um, who I am either friends with or, um, you know, just associated um, or acquainted with at the very least. Um, there was one friend actually who I shared a hotel room with her. Uh, this is the Haley baby. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about her. She came out with her story. Um, I shared a hotel room with her in, uh, I think it was 2016, maybe 2015, somewhere around there. Uh, and this was just for one night. Um, I drove up to Novato, which is about a one hour drive away from my house. And I was actually planning on going home. Um, but I was with the 2k team. And nothing, nothing bad happened here. This story actually is a good story. Nothing, nothing terrible happened. Uh, and I was out with her. Um, we were out drinking. Everything was all good and fine. And at the end of the night, I was clearly too drunk to drive home. And I was willing enough to get my own hotel room. But Haley's like, hey, they booked me a room with two twin beds. Like, you can crash for the night. And I'm like, I, I appreciate it. I did crash for the night. And um, while, while we spent some time together... Um, she showed me a bunch of, you know, quite frankly, dick pics on her phone from, uh, just going through her Snapchat of men sending her unsolicited pictures, which by the way, I also haven't ever sent an unsolicited dick pic to someone, um, unsolicited. Actually, I've, I don't think I've sent solicited once, but anyway, um, you know, that's when I realized that that particular moment was when I realized like how targeted women are in the industry. I'm not trying to like white knight for her specifically, but the way people, you know, as she shared these messages with me, consensually, I didn't like sneak through her phone or anything was shocking. Um, it was the first time I, I, or maybe one of the first times that I ever got to really see like, Oh, holy shit. Like there's just dick pic after dick pic after dick pic in her Snapchat of people just sending her pictures unsolicited which is terrible you can't do that either in fact i think that's actually um i think he had fined for doing that in texas 
and that's one of the instances where um, I, I truly realized like, oh, wow, that's how women are treated in this industry. Anyway, I slept in the other bed, uh, didn't do anything whatsoever, and went home. And that's why you didn't see a twit longer from her about me this weekend. But you did see a twit longer from her about another man who had... This isn't my story to share, um, but it is public and written up. A man who got her far too drunk and took advantage of her. And look, while there are people out there touting innocent until proven guilty. All right. You know what's real sus, though? is when you don't have sex with a girl and you still take her out to get plan B the next day. That was part of Haley's story there. That's fucking sus there, bro, because the plan B is not for you. I mean, as far as I know, I'm no medical professional, but plan B only works on women. Am I, am I correct there? I think that's to stop women from getting pregnant. And if you didn't have sex, you don't need a contraceptive. Um, that was terrible to hear. And it's important to mention, though, that this also isn't just exclusive to women. Um, there are male victims. Actually, I'm going to start with my own story before I read this guy's story. And this actually isn't, I don't, this isn't particularly traumatizing. If anything, this is a good example of my privilege as a healthy, heterosexual, 25-year-old man. Or I was a little younger at the time. So out at a bar, it wasn't a gaming convention, but it was a general, um, like, you know, gaming bar, nerd bar type thing. And I was talking to this guy who I believe had a girlfriend at the time. And I told my friend about it afterwards. Um, and so we were talking for a little bit. Good conversation. Everything's straight. I'm, I'm a straight guy. I'm not flirting with the guy whatsoever. I don't think I'm letting on um, any kind of flirtatious vibe. But after the conversation ends, um, we were both drinking a little bit. He reaches forward and literally grabs my balls, gives it a kind of a light squeeze and walks off. And at that point, I did a threat assessment. And I thought to myself, I'm taller than this guy. I'm intoxicated, but a little less intoxicated. If I wanted to kick the shit out of him right now, like I, I could fucking beat his ass until someone pulled me off of him. But also, like, I'm not that offended by that. Like, uh, if, if this ex escalates further, I can stop it. But he grabbed my nuts, walked off. And so I let it slide. It's not a traumatic event uh, by any means. It doesn't keep me awake at night. Um, but I realized I actually should have said something because he could do that to someone else. Uh, he could have done it to someone more vulnerable than me. He could have done it to someone who couldn't literally beat the shit out of him. And he could have done it to someone in a much less public place. This happened literally like right in front of the bar, um, right off the crowded dance floor. He could have done it to someone in private, in a hotel room, or in an Airbnb, like uh, was the scenario for many of my women associates who were, were victims. So, you know, chalking that up to be, and this is what I did at the time, a normal experience, bro, who cares, let it slide, was not the play. Uh, the play might not be beating the shit out of him either, but it's definitely to to some extent call him out and say, well, bro, like that's not appropriate. Um, and again, I was a little intoxicated and not thinking as quickly as I did now. And he did walk away afterwards. But it's important uh, when whenever we see that kind of behavior to, even if it's that minor, 
do something or say something about it. Um, and, and hopefully nothing, you know. I, in an ideal world, that was a one-off incident. I was slightly offended, and that's where it ends. And, you know, he didn't do anything to anyone else. But the kind of person that just randomly grabs someone's balls is not. Um, I think, ah, man, they only do it once. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed. One of the first games I streamed, I think the first game we streamed on Stealth Shampoo was Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed had a multiplayer up until Assassin's Creed 4. And there were many players, um, a part of that multiplayer, um, who I, I was good friends with. And we haven't spoken for a while because Assassin's Creed 4 came out 2013, 2012. And they cut the multiplayer. So those players all kind of left, went to different flocks of life, etc. I haven't heard from some of these people in seven years. It comes out that a prominent member of the Ubisoft community, and there is multiple of them, including the voice actor for Altair, the uh, main character of Assassin's Creed 1. But I'm only going to speak on the person I'm most familiar with. Um, Esco Blades was the, I believe he was like the community manager or um, something like that for Ubisoft back in the day. Um, if you guys remember Machinima, you guys remember that way back in the day. Uh, I actually had a video or two up uh, you remember Machinima, Killer? Of course, I remember Machinima. That's all I so watched. So Machinima, for those school. of you younger crowd, it was a big gaming network platform. They uploaded everyone's video. In fact, that's where like Doctor Disrespect is a premier director. Got a lot of his content out. And that's where he was popular before he was a Twitch streamer and before he took his big break. It was also just like actually about Machinima, which feels like yeah. a lost art these Anyways, days. Anyways, but Blades really cool. was. Um, was a, I believe he was a machinima director or something like that at the time. And he was doing Assassin's Creed top five plays. And one week he reached out to me and said, hey, Nikki, would you like to commentate this Assassin's Creed five uh, or Assassin's Creed top five plays? And I said, hell yeah. In fact, this is actually like the first real like commentary shoutcasting kind of thing I ever did. I think there's a tweet out there still of me thanking him for before I went off to like Gamescom or something like that. A big commentary gig, Battleborn, shoutcast, whatever. I was like, hey, Esco, thank you for, you know, encouraging me to shoutcast because now it's landing me gigs. And and I, I appreciate you giving me that opportunity way back in the day. He helped me out. I remember you telling me that story, too. Yeah. And I forgot and that it's the he, same name. He had, you know, for the most part, wow. treated me well. Um, I wasn't as involved with him as some other people well. But I think I had a video or two on Machinima because of him. Uh, met him in real life. We were friendly. Every time I saw him, he was definitely someone I'd go up to, you know, and say like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, hope everything's going well, Ubisoft. Um, but now, not only fuck Ubisoft's games, because I after since Assassin's Creed 4, I've just never played another Ubisoft game. Fuck Ubisoft games are terrible servers. But also, fuck that entire company's culture. It's now, It should be down there now with Riot Games. Because there are now multiple accounts of devs at that studio having groomed or sexually assaulted or raped someone. Um, and it's, it's terrible. They're up there with Riot Games with people like farting on people's faces at meetings and all that now in my head. But um, I had someone reach out to me privately. One of my one of my friends, I haven't seen her in a long time. Um, but she she told me about how she was groomed by him. Um, and so I'm going to talk about two 
very, very micro experiences I had with him. They don't seem like anything if I were to just tell you about this experience. But now that I think back on it, they kind of fit in the puzzle. So I was at E3 one year and I went up to Esco, as I always do. Uh, and I uh, shook his hand and said, yo, man, how you doing? Like, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, talking to him about, you know, how things have been going for me, asking about him. And with him was one of um, a big streamer I know's girlfriend. And he was talking to her, and I, I really hope I didn't interrupt. I'm really conscious about that kind of stuff. And I went up to him um, and started talking to him. And at one point in the conversation, like he just very really clearly stopped listening to me instead of steering the conversation away to, hey, Nikki, like I got to go, or hey, I got to talk to her about something. He just flat out ignored me to the point where the the girlfriend of this big streamer like looked at Esco, and it was like, she's like, hey, he's, he's still talking. And Esco was like, oh. And they continued to listen to me. And after that, I wrapped up what I was saying, shook his hand and left. This is back pre-corona days, obviously, when you can shake people's hands. And so I thought that was a little weird, but I, I did chalk that up to, oh, like I probably interrupted. Um, now, the opposite instance. I was at PAX one year and I was talking to a female friend of mine. Um, and uh, I, my back is to the crowd. And she says to me, whoa, is that Esco Blades? And I turn around, look at my shoulder. Yeah, that is him. Let me get him over. And so I call him. We're like, hey, Esco, this is my friend. Like, um, Esco, or, uh, you know, friend, this is Esco. And, um, you know, he he stands around. He's very happy to talk to me this time. Um, and then, you know, walks off. And now there are... That, that's just two very micro experiences. I don't even know if they mean anything. I truly could have been interrupting. And he, you know, might have been in a better mood that second day I spoke to him. But now I've had someone come out privately um, and a little bit on her Twitter. And then another person make a whole twit longer about how he groomed her. And it, 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 it's grooming. You know, it's it's straight up manipulation how they do this. It's the power imbalance. And, uh, and that's what I really took away from this story. It's this man is in a position of power. And as a male, you know, with male privilege, I recognize that I was able to take advantage of the opportunities he offered, no strings attached, purely because of my enthusiasm for the game and for my ability to execute, which was shoutcasting for me specifically. Um, she, on the other hand, being a, a young female, was easily targetable by him because he was able to offer opportunities to meet people and early access to games. And Assassin's Creed is a triple A franchise. It's one of the biggest narrative franchises out there. I mean, you when you think of Assassin's Creed on the same tier, there's Fallout, The Last of Us, um, lots of different big titles. And so to have someone who can offer you access to those kinds of titles, right? That's very enticing for, for anyone. Um, but to then string them along and ask them for nudes or sexual favors or whatever it was Esco enticed out of her. Um, and ultimately in that story, she said Esco took her up to a room and then had sex with her very briefly. Um, that's what that, that all culminated to. Just, just people in these positions of power taking advantage of them is... It's just disgusting. Uh, and I recognize now at this point in my career, I now, you know, when I was 18, when I started Still Shampoo on Twitch, I was one of those people 
um, who was looking for those opportunities. And now that I'm 25, I have those opportunities in my holster, ready to go. I know the people. You need X, I can get you X. Uh, you need a hookup for this, maybe I can do that for you. Uh, you got to talk to this person. Just so happens I'm well acquainted with that person. Let me introduce you. I now have those opportunities. And while I don't work at Ubisoft or on a AAA game, I work closely with creators. And, you know, clip this out of the podcast and hold me accountable if any of these twit longers come out. Nikki abusing his power. But I guarantee you five years from now, it's not going to because I'm not a douchebag. I'm a, I'm a dick, but I'm not, not, I'm not literally a predator. Um, and again, this was another person who... I trusted and I thought, you know, was a good person offering me an opportunity when it turns out they were just as bad as the other people I spoke about. And there are multiple people at Ubisoft and Ubisoft is apparently known, known about this. There's no way they didn't know about this for seven years, eight years. There's no way HR at Ubisoft and the women who work at Ubisoft didn't know about this kind of stuff. And I, I would give more detail, um, but I, I spoke in private with some people, and I don't want to. I don't want to put out there what is not mine to put out there. Um, but that kind of culture is something that, you know, Kuehler said it well earlier. It's not enough for me to not rape someone. It's, yeah, that's yeah, that's the low that's bar. It. It's it's this it's the similar the similar conversation to what's been happening in the past few weeks about race, which is. Speaking that the bar is already low. It's not a neutral. It's not a in the middle. Like, so it is not enough to not just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. And it's a similar situation that we're seeing here. People like Nikki who have some some kind of power position, because a lot of it is about power position. That's why even some men have been, you know, have had their own stories. Um, it's not enough to just not be this kind of terrible person you now kind of have a responsibility at least i i'd hope you'd feel like you do to actively make this environment this industry and this workplace a better place and a welcoming place and uh to actually go against the people that are doing this kind of thing and not you know ignoring them or taking their opportunities regardless yeah. if, if you know about what's happening like you have kind of the opportunity to really actively campaign against all of this bad stuff because it's the only way this is going to work. Being neutral yeah. about it is is not sufficient. Let me touch and later on about been. the inclusivity thing of of all that uh, in the in the industry. But I mean, one of the easiest things to do is cut ties with these people. Like, I, I don't don't support these people. I don't keep them in your friend groups. Most certainly, the people I just named. Um, the victims obviously are still going to be friends and I will be looking out for them. But the people who have been proven to be terrible people, uh, no longer speaking to them, not going to be friends. You, you just you just cut them out. Don't offer them opportunities. Nothing. Because we don't need those people in this industry keeping these other groups, women, you know, people of color, out of the community. Um, just the non-abusers. There's... Plenty of people who would probably love to be in these positions, who aren't going to abuse them and yeah hurt other people. I want to read a little bit about. I want to read a little bit about what the uh, New York Times said. Yes, go um, ahead. they said seventy plus people came out about gender based discrimination. Literally ten minutes before we started the podcast, I found another one of my friends, um, alleging that someone else committed a terrible, terrible crime. Um, so the New York Times says, some say it's a real 
uh, the beginning of real change in the industry, which I doubted, but then I read a little bit farther in the article. Kenzie Gordon, a PhD candidate at the University of Alberta who studies gaming in relation to prevention of sexual and domestic violence, said that if studios get to the point where people are actually being fired for these accusations and stepping down, there's some actual structural change happening. That would be evidence of a watershed moment. Gaming scholars said the community may be more receptive to addressing allegations of sexual misconduct around the time after embracing social activism during the recent Black Lives Matter protests. This is all just coming around at a good time. It did seem like there is a wellspring of support that might have been there in the past, but because of the times we're in, it seemed more, even more profound and supportive, said Jennifer Jensen, who studies video games and gender at the University of British Columbia. It's also possible that we've hit a critical mass of these allegations coming out over and over, Miss Gordon said. Um, so one of the instances of, of you know people losing their positions because of this, one of the first instances is the CEO of Online Performers Group, or um, OPG, Omid Dar Dariani, I believe is how you pronounce it, was accused by Molly Fender Ayala, um, the community development lead for Overwatch, for um, soliciting her for a threesome and, and being a creep. Um, I, I don't remember because I read that a couple of days ago, the whole... The whole thing of that, but he stepped down as CEO, um, which I don't think is enough because I think his wife was CTO, so his family needs to sever ties with all his performance group. But that's beside the point. That's not the main point I wanted to make. What I wanted to say is I admire all of the streamers leaving online performers group because of the CEO's actions. Um, they are taking massive cuts to their livelihood. For those of you who don't know, Online Performers Group is, they're not an agency, but they're a talent management service. Um, it's a little bit a little bit different. I'm not going to get into the legality of that. But basically what they do, they offer you sponsorship opportunities. G Fuel hits them up and says, hey, we need X people who can do Y and play this game. And they're like, oh, these clients would be the best for that. That's kind of loosely what they do. And to leave a management group like that is detrimental. 20, 40%, even more of their income opportunities swag um appearances paychecks cut because uh because they have left this management group i admire those streamers and i feel bad for the streamers who aren't in a position to cut their livelihood like that but some people are in a position to put their money where their mouth is and i'm glad i've seen a massive streamers leaving the online performers group until there is some serious restructuring. Uh, in a little bit more positive news, Facebook Gaming temporarily suspended uh, a streamer because of uh, alleged domestic abuse. There have been false claims out there as well. Um, now, the thing is, what's really shitty about false claims is you are making it harder for victims to be believed and come out. And when you make a false claim, one of two things are true. A, this person did this heinous act, which is terrible. Or B, you're fucking lying about this person doing this heinous act. And both of those possibilities is garbage. And one of my friends, Crusader, um, was accused of having done something really creepy. Um, I think it was, I want to pull it up here. Let me see if I can find it. I think it was something along the lines of he was ah, the tweet. Some tweets were deleted, so I will have to scroll back through his timeline here. But basically, a lot of people came to his defense. 
and said that, no, we know you're lying. Uh, you know, we have receipts of you lying. He wouldn't have done something like that. Um, it has come to, this is Crusader, um, on July 21st. It has come to my attention that Jelly is still trying to smear my name with false claims. Um, and then he has a bunch of threads if you want to go. Uh, Crusader Twitchy, he put this out on the 21st. It's a big thread. But there are a bunch of people coming to defend him. People who are mutual parties who know everyone involved. Um, and it's just... It's, it's sickening to see not only my friends um, perpetrate this. It's unfortunate to see my friends be victims. But it's also unfortunate to see that there are people falsely accusing people of doing terrible things. Um, speaking of other communities, not just Twitch. This is rampant in the Pokemon community as well, apparently. And this is the thing I wanted to bring up when Keeler brought up inclusivity. If you go to, it's no secret, you go to any Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, gaming event in general, Smash Bros, whatever. It is heavily male-dominated. Uh, uh, you know, you, you'll be in a room with 100 people and you'll be hard-pressed to find one or two women in a lot of these events. And that's because of the way they're treated in the industry. Even... Uh, a community as inclusive as Pokemon, a literal children's game. You know, there's nothing edgy or crazy about Pokemon. Um, but there have been claims coming out of players being shitheads, um, sending unsolicited dick pics, groping people at Pokemon events. And as someone who appears at a lot of these events, um, whether it be like in an official capacity, like I'm running the event, or just as a participant, that that is absolutely it needs to stop um now unfortunately i've heard a lot of stories of the pokemon company not acting on these claims and i don't have specific examples of that that is that is for the people um who are claiming that um that's their story to tell but it raises the bigger uh the bigger angle that i think people who are in power um, not just like me as a, as someone who worked closely with creators, but the companies themselves, Ubisoft, the Pokemon Company International. We, we have to be kicking these people out and, and prosecuting people and getting them out of these spaces as quickly as possible so that we can have more diversity in these events, in particular women and people of color and people who might not be straight or cis. Because, you know, there's no reason to keep them out of the events. It, it's better. If more people show up to events, it's more fun to play against a bigger field of people because it'll be more competitive. It's, you know, I th I wonder if more women had been like on the planning teams of Twitch's party, maybe they wouldn't have had open Honestly, beer. If they just on had tables. one not idiot on their team, <laughs> that, that's a, that's a freebie. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I'm not going to say if they had no women because I'm pretty, maybe they might have had one who just didn't know about this. But if they had like someone, probably, I know most women I know would have probably like seen that as like a no, never. That's do a freebie. That ever. No, that, Even that, you that's a literal freebie. Of, that. Like, that's a bad idea. Yeah. These are like little things that I mean when I say like it's not enough to just be neutral. Like, you have to actively look, see like how is your place maybe being open to this kind of behavior and see if you fix it. It's a minor thing, seemingly minor thing, but you may have saved someone. Oh, yeah. Maybe multiple people from possibly being hurt that night in your party. So, yeah, I actually wanted to touch on which that. Which you have. Um, when I talk about like Ubisoft and, you know, I I can't change Ubisoft. 
you know, I cannot support their games, but I can't go in and change them internally. So I can only speak for myself. I've thrown two major parties. There have been somewhere from like 250 to like 350 attendees at these parties. We're talking like five digits put down, uh, catering, entertainment, etc. I have been to these parties. I have been actually the head of planning these parties. What I say goes. And if you come up to me at any of these parties, you say, Nikki, like, or if I even see it, you know, you randomly grab someone's tit unconsensually. You can consensually grab titties at part at my, well, maybe not publicly at my party, but you can consensually grab titties is what I'm trying to say. If you unconsensually grab titties at a party that I'm hosting, God, I love to beat the shit out of some people, but I mean, I don't want to get charged for assault. You're out. Um, and I, I, I've been very careful at my parties, um, and the venues we've rented out, you know, we've, we've had the security there and we've had the management and I've had no one come up to me. Um, not to say that it didn't happen. I'm pretty certain it didn't happen. I'm pretty sure nothing from the, you know, 600, 700, 800 people I have personally hosted at a party that I've been given five digit, you know, tons of money to throw. I can say pretty certainly that no one at that party was you know drugged or sexually assaulted or anything like that that being said good although like the the, yeah. the the trust part does play into this because i think a lot of you know the question is always like well why didn't you go up sooner why didn't you go up first it's like this a situation that happens very often is maybe they go up to you and they'd be like someone did something like this and maybe you know the person and maybe you'll be like hey, it's yeah. okay you downplay it even if you don't even know the person you might be like downplaying it and it's a thing that happens very often and so everyone that's what i mean everyone's trust is is just it's just killed when this is so endemic in the industry so it takes more you have to kind of be actively being saying like yes i'm a person you can approach um you have to know that from the start no one did approach me of anything terrible happening at my parties if they did uh or if you well you can't because it happened already but if you do come to me i'll i'll definitely lend an ear and the parties are generally like pretty invitey um because they're industry vr parties but that person's blacklisted luckily my black well my blacklist is oh, my blacklist used to be zero and now there's a couple people on it now uh that sucks but yeah um i absolutely would keep a blacklist and and not invite people to those parties and in fact if there were someone because i'm, I'm more in the vr industry now than i'm in the gaming industry i know it's a little bit of a subset but if I were aware of strong allegations and saw, you know, multiple corroborations, and I was certain, you know, I would go up to, you know, if I were at someone else's party and tell the party, but like, hey, don't invite this guy or get this guy out of here. He has done this. Um, I think I would actually actively do that. And to anyone, if I mean, I think very few people, if any, um, who have been to either of those parties that I've thrown. Um definitely bring it up to me uh, and, and if and i'm associating with anyone you know i might not know because there's so many people there, there are so many content creators who've been outed if i'm associating helping elevate the career of any of these people um i definitely should be told about it because it's hard to keep tabs on everyone and and drop them but yeah, we need we need more diversity in in the not only the gaming space the pokemon space the, it's a very male-dominated industry that is, unfortunately, I think this is kind of not an excuse, but it amplifies this behavior. Um, 
it's very driven by drinking and late night parties. That's what a lot of our networking does. And again, being drunk is not an excuse for raping someone. I'm saying it amplifies the issue. Uh, we, uh, the gaming industry is very, very party oriented. You know, I, I go to E3, but that's not the point. E3 is to see the games, um, to shake the hands, to exchange the business cards. The parties afterwards are where you meet people, especially as a creative, as a content creator, to collaborate with, uh, to work with, to form stronger bonds. It is a very party-heavy industry. The two most party-heavy events are E3 and TwitchCon. Extremely party-heavy. Um, you got Discord throwing their own party. Corsair, Twitch themselves, the official uh, party. Different like uh, Devolver Digital, game publishers, Ubisoft. You got smaller meetings, the VR meetup, uh, the Silicon Valley VR party. There's so many parties and there's alcohol at all of them. Now, I don't think we should go oh, prohibition style, ban alcohol. I think that's unreasonable. But alcohol and the, the drinking, the loose decision making does play a factor in amplifying what is already an unsafe environment for a lot of people. And I know I'm saying women a lot, um, but like like the story I told earlier, myself, I am a cis heterosexual man, but I know other men, um, either heterosexual or bi or gay, who also have been grabbed at parties. And, you know, being inclusive to, to women, you know, keeping them safe, it helps guys too. To, to keep this kind of behavior away. It's, it's better to take the example of like a card game event. The organizer, the card shop makes more money because there are more people, more women attending these events. I saw a thread earlier. I can't find it right now. But there was a thread of uh, some women talking about card game events. And here's the thing. Here, here's how it's kind of laid out. Everyone's friend circle, everyone's card shop, everyone's whatever we all have that one weird guy you know when he's a little socially awkward he's not harmful he's not straight up racist he didn't yell the n-word on twitch but you know he's a little like awkward around women and doesn't have a girlfriend you know but he seems mostly harmless right um and it's hard to kick that guy out because he hasn't done anything right and he kind of makes himself part of the group and you know, while he's there, while he's not the most likable person, he hasn't done anything wrong. The You know, when, when someone kind of integrates themselves to the group and they then do do something wrong, you know, it could, it could be a little slap and there's like, yo, bro, you made her uncomfortable, like pull her away. You know, again, it's on a scale. Um, and then there's, you know, literally raping someone or pinning them against a wall or anything like that where you should then absolutely boot that person out. Uh but we, we all kind of have that that awkward person in the group, right? Um, and while that thread talked about the awkward person, there's also the charismatic person, you know, similar to, to Bunny and Esco Blades and other people I know who have been accused. Uh, and these, everything I, I've said, by the way, for legal purposes, I should say everything I've said is alleged. I have to say that radio for uh, legal purposes uh, until proven in court. Got to cover my own ass here. Uh, I believe the victims, but got to cover my own ass. The 
there are people out there who are charismatic and, and you know that's how they groom people and that's how that's how they get people to talk to them in the first place they're the charismatic the good looking the funny guys and then it comes out to be that oh shit they were a predator and i feel bad for not knowing but it's not on me because I, i'm not there with them 24 7 i'm not there constantly pleasing their behavior i can only be there when i'm there and while i was there i didn't see anything you know um i was not there in that woman's bedroom when she was sexually assaulted i can't do anything about that what i can do is after the fact just straight up not associate with those people anymore killer i really don't want to miss anything like i don't want to like make i don't want to have missed any points did i cover everything there or is there anything you want to reiterate oh god what else what else is there it's been a, it's been a really heavy hour hasn't it uh I, I mean we're all kind of circling around the same point i guess like you said it's not exactly your responsibility to know it's more about what you do when you do know if you do find out when you do learn these things what do you what do you do about it and I think everybody who has everybody in whether it's like in streaming or in the actual like development industry or anything tangential or in between that, if you have any sort of power, any sort of pool, do something, see what you can do. Even the minor things might be helpful if the major things will obviously be more helpful. But, you know, some people I know will just be like, if they're like a tiny streamer who can't really afford to do anything, if you are a like entry level employee, you can't really do anything that's understandable. But if you have any, even like you said, like your own situation, like if you never thought about this, if you've never, like, this never really crossed your mind very much, then it's, yeah. a, it's a point of privilege, obviously. You've been able to ignore what's happening kind of around you constantly. So maybe just start thinking about it, start thinking about what can be done. And there's, I wish I had more specific examples, but I, ultimately, I am not in this industry <laughs> in my own. So I have very little pool, if yeah. none. So, uh, I mean, ultimately, all I can do is just not associate with these people, drive them out where I can. And. Well, you are dealing with like. Yeah. Other creators, too, right? And you have a very strong. Uh, you know, sense of power over them. In fact, even like Mixer's allegations was because of oh, the boss referring is, to it as we, a master slave uh, hey. association. Yeah, yeah. We never really went too deep into that, but that's the reason why Mixer was accused of racism is that one of the managers or higher ups at Mixer was referring to their partner program as them being the the slave masters of the slaves, which are the partners. And they're like one black employee who was the one who made the allegations quite obviously felt extremely and left uh, like that was not okay and i guess the reality is like if you're in that conference room and let's say you're not black and you hear that like this should not be okay for you either and you should probably go up there and like say if enough people say it maybe then they would have been able to to do that and it's not besides just the you know the comparison to our own like country's history of slavery there's also the like even uh, comparing this relationship to master and slave, it very should not. You should never be comparing anybody you work with to slaves, because then that might reflect on how you actually treat them. Which, considering how you know inconsiderate they were at Mixer's, you know, announcement of disillusion, is maybe not 
you know, far off of uh, representation on how they were treated. So, like, even in your position, like, you know, make make sure that you're not abusing that in any way, or you're not opening it to abuse, and yeah, yeah. you're making uh, that very I, clear. And yeah, I trust I, that you can do that, but like, you know, if you have anyone else nearby you and things like that, and you never know, maybe you might fall into something. I, luckily, so I don't know. But I luckily have never been in a right room now. where someone said, "All right." These slaves aren't bringing in enough money. All right, we're the mass. Like I've never been in that. <laughs> I've luckily never been in that room, uh, and I I still think that that kind of stuff is it happens a lot, but it's still like a lower percentage than the majority. The fringe. Yeah, these are like the uh, these are these are like the outlying, just extreme woe examples. Although, keep in mind that there was still only like one person who spoke out about this. So you can see why they keep happening too. If this, if this doesn't get called out, imagine what all yeah. the like more subtle things that just go by without any, any comment, which is the real, Mi- I think the real lesson I've taken from that. Besides the fact Mixer, that Mixer, uh, Mixer's excuse place. for not firing that manager, um, according to the employee who left, who the, the African-American employee, uh, Mixer's response to that was, we, hired that manager hired an african-american person therefore they cannot be racist and i'm like yes i remember that too they're like he can't be racist he hired this black person in that little uh, twit longer posted or whatever it was was they hired that person because he was street smart and he kind of wrote that off um they hired them as a diversity hire yeah yeah the assumption that oh you must have lived yeah you know in the hood and so that was that was bullshit on mixer's part um, Mixer now people are saying, "Oh, yeah, this comes out and then Mixer closes on the next Monday." I, that, that that I don't think that was the case. Uh, oh no, 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 no! They had a deal with my with no, Facebook, that is so that's something not something that has been going on for a long time, and it's it just it just lined up really well. Which makes it more offensive that they didn't tell anybody. It's, this clearly was not like a, <laughs> a recent thing. Yeah. This might have been doing this for months, and. Just never said a thing. It's offensive. Never said a know. word. In multiple ways, how they handled the whole mixer situation. It it is, but like it's the point that like sometimes it's these tiny things. Even the comment of like street smarts and these subtle biases and the way these things subtle. manifest in minor ways that just kind of open <laughs> the door for much larger things. It is not by itself, but you see how like you think oh, it's a little sketchy, but not too bad. And then the yeah, guy yeah, pulls yeah. out the slave analogy. It's kind of a. It's kind of like a sign of like sometimes, sometimes the little tip off. You kind of want to if you cut it off while it's there, then you'll never get to the slave slave analogy. You never want to get to that point. You never want to get yeah. to like the forceful rape point if you can at least stop it in I, just inappropriate. At the comments. very least, I think we all could we all could go to the master slave situation and be like, all right, now that one is fucking crazy. Like, it's it's on a yeah. scale, and that one is like hard enough on the scale where it definitely should appear on the radar and we gotta uh punish that manager or get them the fuck out of there because that kind of person should be in a management position yeah and ultimately like by far you will i there's enough people out there i think that could do a good job that there's no reason you need to keep people like this I think that's often a thing. You want to offend them because, oh, well, they're a good worker and this and that. And I think ultimately you can find someone else and I, someone who's not going to have this. You know, I think we should reiterate traits, that these negative um, traits. Mixer as a whole, 
their employees and the people I personally know at Mixer, great people. It's that one manager. I've known, yeah, I've known two. I've known two wonderful people too, who also seem pretty shocked about this happening. Obviously they weren't in that room either, but it is like, it's that point that if you were in that room and didn't say anything, it's not enough to just not say something if you were maybe weren't racist yourself. Like, push yeah. back when you see it happen. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't believe A manager. Why would you... God, race... That's a stupid racist thing to say. It's racist, but it's a stupid racist thing because you said it in front of a black person. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right, did I... Did I miss anything on, like, the, the heavy... Anyway, I, I think we should probably end this. I, I, I think we should end this on a lighter stories, note. Uh, certainly. I, I think myself, as someone in the industry, uh, I, I should, to end this, kind of wrap it all up and make it seem good because all these things happened in the past, right? I can, I can only fix the future. So I think we should end it like this. Um, yeah, exactly. As someone in a position to work with content creators... As someone who has connections, a network, um, I absolutely won't be abusing that, never have, won't, to manipulate people to get to do things outside of the scope of a contract and an official deal. Hey, uh, do like X uh, to get like this, I have a 10,000 deal with Facebook, you know, send me some nudes and I'll consider you this way. Like, no, won't be doing any of that. Um, for any of my friends impacted by this, um, I'm not only saying I will lend an ear, but I have today lended an ear. Uh, so come at me. Definitely at, any, especially any event I'm putting on, but any event I'm appearing at, no, no matter what I'm doing, you know, and especially if it's someone I know, come up and be all like, hey, this guy's being a creep. One one thousand percent. Especially if it's someone I know. If if someone I know uh is, you know, randomly groping people or making even something tiny, like making a comment that's a little too complimentary and a little too forward, you know, if we can stop that, then then I absolutely should. I think that's that's where I can kind of wrap it up is be we need good people in in those positions of power at Ubisoft and at um, the level where you can offer people opportunities. We need good people at those levels. And I'll aspire to be one of those good probably not aspire. I think I am one of those good people, but also where where possible, just yeah, lend an ear to the people who have been affected and also stop and, and disassociate with any people who are doing it. Uh, do you have anything else, Killer, to, to wrap up the episode? This whole thing's just kind of fucked up. You know, it's not like we're talking about gaming, but it's not just gaming. It's in tech fields. It's in, like, politics. It's, it's just kind of everywhere, and it's a real sad thing that this happens just about everywhere. And so, you know, this applies, even though I said I'm not in the gaming industry, I am in another industry, though I have no pool there either. But wherever you are, you know, if you're not one of the terrible people, let's did, try to make it more so. 
Because we're no, it's our like, ratio is not. A lot good of people right are now. popping like a point two KD. We need a couple people with a two KD to kind of even this out, you know. Yeah, and ideally, yeah, like so boot them out of the server. Uh, did I, did like I tell the beer system. story on the pre-show, or did I did I tell that during the show? Well, I, I referenced it. I referenced it. If I, I honestly forget, we've had so many topics, but yeah, yeah, the open. Is it about the no, open, uh, when when I went to go get open my friends' balls, beers. Yeah, did I tell that on the sh- Oh, uh, you can mention. Let's, let's just reference All this. Right. I don't know. It's not. It's not I, that important. At one point, let's just bring it up. So I was with Tara and Shane. Um, they're actually my friends at Mixer. Formerly Mixer, I don't remember if I just told the story on the podcast or told in the pre-show, but I went to get them beers. I went to get the beers. I and this was in the partner lounge because I'm a partner. Partners get free beers. Normal people don't. It was at a Twitch party. I go in out of their line of sight, grab two beers, and bring it back to them. I also drank one of them. Grabbed a couple beers, uh, and I was very aware at that time. I didn't drug those beers, obviously, because you know they're fine. Nothing happened to them. They didn't come out with any statements. But also, I was very aware that first off. These these are women who should be aware, even though they trust me of where this beer came from. And it's really a sign of true trust that they're taking this beer that I'm just handing them that I got for free. That's really a sign of some very solid trust and I shouldn't violate that. But also, I have to make sure that no one else drugs their beer or roofies them while I'm not looking, especially when they're holding the beer that I gave them. Luckily, they like drink beer really fast and just Bam, that was taken care of really quickly. But I would, despite the fact that I didn't do it, I would be a suspect in that situation because I was the one who got them the beer. So I, I got to kind of keep a close eye. I, and I can't say it to them, right? I can't go to the two of them and be like, I didn't drug your beers. Like, you kind of can't say that. So I just have to, like, at the corner of my eye, make sure no one walks by and drops something in there. Um, and they did. no one did that, and it was fine. Which that's just good to do in general, too. Yeah, yeah. That's just good to do in general. Especially if you don't really know the place, right? If it's like your private party with people you know, maybe. But like, yeah. It's just something good to do in general. Yeah. Make sure you're What I'm saying is, as a man, okay. I'm aware of like kind of how sus it is for me to bring a, a woman a beer. They are my friends and that that level of trust is appreciated and was not violated. Um, but I, I'm, I'm aware of that. And I'm aware that, you know, people might be a little less trustworthy of men going forward, rightfully so, in the industry, in positions of power. Uh, but you know, I'll I'll earn that trust and not violate it. Like that's all I can really do as myself. I think I've been doing a fantastic uh, job of that already. All right. Um, anything to wrap up, Killer? I. What else is there to say at this point? Uh, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I hope to God weeks. the story stops. No, don't take that as I hope the victim stops speaking, but I hope I just stop hearing that my friends are fucking rapists. Yeah. And I, this wasn't even a comprehensive list. Yeah, I hope I hope there's no more rape. It's not that I hope that the people stop coming out, but I hope that this there's by all means no more people to come out. To. List of friends or acquaintances I know who are perpetrators or victims. Not a comprehensive list. These are just the ones I I picked out. Yeah. I believe this is not only the Absolutely first time. Not. Oh, either. every time there's a it, so it hasn't happened lately because of the yeah. global pandemic. But every time there's a TwitchCon or a PAX, there is someone who tweets on the night after or you know one of the middle days. Hey, I was drugged. Hey, I don't feel so good. Hey, this happened to this party. Please, if you know anyone, or 
I see these tweets in on an individual basis after every convention. Oh yeah, those happen all the time. No, I think I was saying, I think this isn't the first time that as someone you've yeah. known. And it is also the first time with. it has come out in this mass all at the same time. And it's That's the first time it's thing, come out after which... a big drought of people not talking about this because no one's been going to conventions. So it's just shocking in multiple ways. Right. And these haven't, yeah, it's not like a post-convention thing. It's just everyone's sharing all of their stories from the past. And, you know, some of those hurt, may hurt even more because, like you said, with someone like Bunny, it's like we have both known about him, like, yeah. after the fact that it happened. It's not like it just happened now. It, the entire time we have yeah, known it, him, it's this insane. has been true. It's, it's a little bit different than being creepy, right? I, I have definitely been creepy occasionally, you know? Maybe a comment in land or a joke in land, fine, you know? I've even probably accidentally creeped someone out beforehand. I was probably too yeah, intoxicated 1, to perform normal sentences. And, you know, we can reduce those instances as well. But that that's just on the left end of the scale. On the right end yes. is just straight up sexual assault. And that that is what's so surprising to have someone I trusted so so much uh, to have done that. Like like I said, $1,000 on the table. He wouldn't have done that. Then, then the story comes out like, oh, fuck, I would have lost $1,000. Good thing I didn't bet it. So I, I just hope that I don't see any more of these stories, although I, I think I will, because they've been coming out for the past couple of days. And the people, the people who have been serious about all of these, like, took a lot, probably. It's probably very traumatic things that yeah. they've had to relive. And so def definitely, like, credit to you for daring yeah, to do that. You're under no obligation to name names or, or to tag, you know, at someone. Or to even make a twit longer, uh, or, or to go into detail. Like, people aren't un under an obligation to do that to satisfy our need for drama or a witch hunt or any of that. If they want to, you know, deal with it however they want to deal with it, they're, they're allowed to because it's their unfortunate story or circumstance. All right. Anyway, uh, this has been the longest episode of the Early Access podcast. And it has, yeah, we're. Probably, oh yeah, we're almost at ninety minutes. We're a little under ninety minutes. Uh, so I'm gonna wrap it up there. Oh I'm sorry God. it wasn't fun, but it was. I assume you can cut something. Maybe, a little but comments I, out here and there. Maybe, maybe, maybe I, like five minutes worth. Of I, I, it was important to talk about. It's important for me to use the, my platform as little as my platform is to speak about it, uh, and it's important for me to address it, especially because I was associated with some of these people and to really put my stance out there. Uh, and, and really solidify things. But anyway, uh, that has been the Early Access Podcast, episode 36. We will be back. We are here every other Tuesday. Uh, so the next time we'll be live is probably in July. Thanks for listening. And uh, check us out on Spotify, iTunes. I'm your DJ Nikki from Stale Shampoo. Kill us here, twitch.tv slash Shampoo, live 8 p.m. PST uh, every other Tuesday. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all some of the time.